0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Wow, what an amazing episode. This really felt like Star Wars to me. I mean, not that the others didn't. I mean, you know, we had a lot of SID missions and comparing that to this. I mean, dude, this was amazing. It had such emotional range and developed each character so very well. We got a lot to talk about, so let's go through everything scene by scene, just how I usually do the breakdowns, and then we can discuss a lot of the theories in the end. So Hunter is captive and taken to Kamino, leaving Daro. Crosshair turns his beacon on and he does it on purpose, where the Bad Batch gets signal of it and they follow him to Kamino, just as Crosshair intended. As Crosshair lands on Kamino, we get the same musical theme as when Obi-Wan landed on Kamino in Episode 2, Attack of the Clones. Little things like that really make me smile because the majority of people may not notice it or they may not even know. Especially with the new younger generation getting into Star Wars, which is always awesome. But those few who do, like you and me, it means a lot to us that we get that connection and that callback. And that Dave Filoni, you know, kind of threw that in there. As Crosshair lands, we see Rampart leave Hunter to the Commander's decision. As he remarks that whether Crosshair defects or not, meaning whether he joins his brothers or not, it makes no difference as the clones will all be gone soon anyways. The Bad Batch land on an emerging platform, which Omega kinda gave them the tip off on that they gotta land really close to the water to activate it, which was kinda cool to know, where they enter a hidden transport called the Tube System to enter to City. Now only Omega knows about this, and it's completely off-grid. It was created by Nalase, who is now in the possession of the Empire. I think that they're going to make her create clones of Palpatine in order to prolong his life, or do some experiments on creatures like Grogu later on. Nala Se had a secret laboratory for herself that was completely off the grid, and as they enter this lab, Omega tells us that she was created here. And there's a lot of information that we gotta break down here and understand. So, she says that she was created here as were the Bad Batch. That they were all experiments made by Nala Se. She then says that she was there when the Bad Batch were made. So this part kind of made me realize that she's older than them. Either she doesn't have accelerated aging like they do. You know, maybe she's 14 or 15 and the Bad Batch are around 30 or so. Or she is completely the opposite. She's de-aged. So she has a slower aging system than a normal human. The opposite of all the clones where she's really only half the age that she is. So she's actually double the age that she's actually lived. So let's say she's actually 30 years old, but really her body ages like she's just 15. Another thing that caught my eye is that there are 12 pods that I see, and only five mutated clones belonging to the Bad Batch are there. So what are the other seven? Some are small, some are large, meaning Nalase might have been experimenting on Kiminoans, humans, and other creatures, maybe like Yoda species to fit that small-sized tube. Maybe there are more Grogu's running around that they know about and we don't. Omega explains that the mutations were amplified and enhanced in this room, so their powers are organic mutations. They were deliberately enhanced as an experiment to make phase 3 clones, I'm thinking. Then they were sent there to be with the other clones, whereas Omega stayed back with Nalasei as they probably continued tests on her as well, and she became like a daughter to Nalasei. AZ shows up and mentions that no clones remain on the facility, that they've all been shipped off-world on transports. Those who resisted to leave were killed, so clearly some clones didn't agree with the orders of the umpire. Much like Gregor, much like Hauser, and the few others who joined Hauser. This could possibly have been the first Kaminoan clone uprising of some sorts. I mean, I could imagine that they weren't very happy that the stormtroopers in the Empire were killing the clones in their very homes just because they weren't abiding by their rules or, you know, their commands to leave the planet. My question is, where did they transport all the clones to? And are they being used as slaves somewhere? Or are they being recruited as stormtroopers or training other stormtroopers just until they die off? Now in Legends, there were many clones that did die off as they became stormtroopers, and they would find the stormtroopers to be rather weak, and they would compare them to the days of the Clone Wars, where they were much older now because they have that accelerated aging. So we would see clones that we had seen much earlier, and you could see them in the comics, where they're now very old, and they're just kind of saying, you know, look at these young whippersnappers, they're just nothing, they're not anything, they're not as tough and as skilled, as the clones used to be back in the old days, which is kinda I guess how old people see us nowadays, or heck, maybe how I'll see young people in the future, who knows? Crosshair and Hunter speak about the inhibitor chip and Crosshair refers to him not seeing the bigger picture, which I think is about power and about them being who they are, which are essentially elite beings that conquer. This is what Crosshair was talking about at the end of the episode, so I only figure that's what he meant here too that essentially they're meant for war. You know, they're these elite soldiers. Tech, Echo, and Wrecker tell Omega to wait in the droid hangar, which housed all the droids from the first episode where the Bad Batch fought together in the training arena. These are all early stage dark troopers, like an obsolete version of the ones Luke destroyed. I want to say phase one, but they don't really look like a typical Legends phase one. They just aren't as good as the ones that Luke fought. As the boys elevate up to find themselves ambushed, they send a distress signal to Omega for her to escape as she of course as usual deviates from orders and attempts to help which actually makes matters a little bit worse by activating the droids okay so this part here is where the emotions start to really build up and we see why Crosshair has been so psycho and hellbent on killing his brothers or at least capturing them this whole time it's because they left him because they abandoned him they weren't loyal to him and he feels that this was a act of betrayal he tells Hunter this, and the music really starts to swell, and Crosshair really opens up, finally. Now I'm thinking in my head, you know, why couldn't you just do this before? Like, just give them a call in private and be like, hey, what the hell, what's going on? And they could have maybe talked about it, but it would have just ended up the same way that it did here anyways. Now, I know he got crazy with Order 66, but they were brothers, so I feel like maybe the boys could have, I don't want to say made more of an effort, but I feel like they could have made maybe a little bit more of an effort. Crosshair's whole point here is that they should have stayed together, that they should have stayed loyal not to diverge, not to choose Omega, for example. And I kind of get Crosshair's point, but at the same time, he just wants to join the Empire because he thinks he's an elite soldier and an elite being, and this is his calling, this is his destiny. Whereas the Bad Batch, the rest of the boys, Hunter and the crew, they choose their destiny, not based on their skills, but on their choices, on what they want, which is quite a Dumbledore quote to make. We get a bit of an Empire Strikes Back Vader vs Luke Skywalker scene where Hunter says, think about what we could do all together in the Empire. So essentially like a join me and together we could rule the galaxy as brothers and brothers. Hunter asks how he can trust them. When Crosshair proves his worth and one shot kills all of the men. Except for his brothers of course. He says they were all meant for more than drifting the galaxy. They are too elite to be nobodies. To join the Empire is what they need to do and to fulfill their destiny, to have purpose again." So this tells me that Crosshair honestly doesn't really care about the Empire or the Republic, he just cares to be on the winning side. And he cares to be, (laughs) it's kind of ironic, but a hunter himself. He thinks of himself as an elite being, an elite creature, an elite soldier above all the rest, and thinks that his calling is to terminate others and to follow orders. As the droids pull up thanks to Omega, everyone bands together like old times and fights against the Dark Troopers. Omega, Crosshair, Hunter, Record, Tech, Echo, and the Bad Batch theme takes over the scene. It gets super loud as the brothers fight together once again. It was really nice to see. Rampart is informed that Crosshair failed and joined his brothers, as he tells her to let them die out there, getting in the Imperial Lambda T-4A shuttle. Now, Tarkin, as a hologram, speaks to Rampart aboard the ship and asks him if the chief cloning scientist is secured, the chief scientist, and if all clones are removed off-world, where he's told that the cloning facility is under the complete control of the umpire. Steven Stanton kills it as Tarkin once again and says, you may fire when ready. I'm not even going to try to do it, because... He's just, no, I'm not good at it. Taking us back to A New Hope on the first Death Star. Hunter pulls a gun on Crosshair once they defeat the droids, and he tells him that it's the inhibitor chip that's been making him act like this. So finally, we, you know, he tells him, and not without him disregarding it this time, really just answers and takes it in. When it's revealed that he had the chip removed a long time ago, Hunter can't believe it. They stand off, and of course Hunter has the advantage at this point, as he's pointing the blaster at him, and he stuns him. He wins. He checks his head and can't see any scars because it's all covered up by the burn from the explosion. So it's kind of different of a scar, I suppose. Or maybe he's lying. Maybe he never actually got it removed at all. Maybe he just overrid it. What I'm thinking is he did get it removed when the explosion hit him. Perhaps it was melting into his brain or something like that and causing him to die, so the umpire had to take it out. We get the most emotional scene next, and if you're all still with me at this breakdown... Put an F in the comments for Kamino. We get shots of Kamino, empty and barren. The music starts to play. Memories of the Clone Wars, of all the games, all the years of Kamino. All to be destroyed under the rampant blue laser fire of the Imperial Venators. What hit me hard was that the clones themselves hit the fire button as Rampart's orders. I mean, their own men. Their own people were destroying their very home. As the Bad Batch try to escape, everything goes up in fire and flames, and the episode cuts to black. With next week being the season finale, I wonder if all of them will make it. Now I think what could happen is, they are picked up by Rampart, taken into custody, and Crosshair is terminated for treason. Where he fights to save his brothers and Omega in a last ditch effort to free them, and falls in the process. This would be super emotional, and it would be a nice character arc. For Crosshair, albeit I wish we got to see more of them. I think Fennec could show up with Boba, and Rex might even lend a helping hand, as the Camino Uprising could still happen just elsewhere in the galaxy or, at the most, above the ashes of Camino. Now, there are other cities on Camino apart from Topoco City, so we could also see those, but the Empire might destroy those as well. I could see Vader making an entrance to take care of the Bad Batch if they end up hijacking the Imperial vessel and making a big scene as Vader's ship arrives out of hyperspace like it did in Rogue One to deal with them himself. Perhaps they get away at the last second, maybe they're all separated, and a few are held in Imperial custody, taking us into the next season sometime in 2022. So Crosshair's ship being taken out could be a lie, or it could be very true. Either way, I think his motive wasn't that he hated his brothers necessarily, I think he was just hurt and sad that they would leave him there and be disloyal which does make me wonder why didn't he just reach out to them in private and have this conversation but of course as I said I don't think that would make for a very good show now would it now the other option the other way this show could end up is that maybe they all just do get away together and we have to go through the season two next time where Crosshair and the boys are all just kind of dealing with each other and getting used to each other and Crosshair just kind of wants to get away and maybe even tries to cause problems and sabotage everything this could build up the relationship between them even more, and it would make Crosshair's death, which I believe one way or another, Crosshair is going to die. Either that or somebody is going to die. One of the Bad Batch. Well, you know what? Now that season two, I don't know, maybe they just won't. But I still think that something is going to happen that's going to be pretty sad, and it's going to leave us really, really wanting season two. I mean, heck, I already do. I'm very invested in these characters, and I feel like they're, you know, a part of me now. Just like the Clone Wars, and there's just something about the clones that are very personable and very connective. You connect with them so well, you know, they're just doing their job, and they weren't given the best life. They were given, you know, uh, as Django said in the comics, they're essentially created for cannon fodder, which means, you know, blaster food. So, I hope we get to see Boba in the next one. It'd be cool if we saw Vader, but we may not, and maybe we'll even see some Inquisitors. Who knows? Let me know what you guys think will happen in the next episode in the season finale, and I cannot wait to see you all there for the watch party. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Check out the forums and put your comments in at StarWarsTheory.com, and check me out on Spotify every single day I've got a new podcast. Leave a like on this video and break down if you enjoyed it, and I will catch you in the next one. Until then, my fellow Jedi and Sith so friends, remember, the Force will be with you. Always.